The Lord works in mysterious ways. We watched The Reconciler, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen, if you thought you had seen it all. They call him the Reconciler. I'm a messenger, I'm a guardian, and other things as well. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoman. I'm joined, as always, by Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm doing well. Love this movie. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> and the birthday boy, Brian the Unipiper Kid. How are you, Brian? I'm doing well. I can think of better ways to spend my 40th birthday than uh, with the reconciler, but I'm here. But then again, based on the history of the show, I can think of a lot of worse things you could have done than <laughs> sitting and watching the reconciler. So this is a rare Todd pick, uh, which I usually don't do. And the the way I came across this movie, uh, there's a couple of YouTube channels that I follow. One is uh, Curtis Connor, and then the other one is named Nick DeRamio. And it was maybe about a year or so ago that Curtis Connor, who's kind of a um, gen in the middle of Gen Z and and maybe a millennial is in his late 20s, did a little review on this, uh, what he called the Christian Saw movie. And so I watched that and I, I think mm. back then it was mentioned that it was made somewhere around Portland. So I looked it up and stuff like that and then kind of forgot about it. But then another channel that I really like, uh, his name is Nick DeRamio, who does like what he does called clip breakdowns, which he usually does like old Disney movies or like weird things that he found. And he ended up digging this, this up to this movie, the reconciler. And so I watched that and he uh, recently, I think a week or two ago, he put out another video where he spoke with the director and the writer slash actor in the reconciler who reached out to him to be like, you know, you got a couple things wrong, but, you know, it'd be fun to talk or whatever. And I was kind of surprised because <laughs> Nick DeRamio's channel, I didn't know if you had a chance to uh, look at any of it, but he's uh, very <laughs> edgy is the wrong way to describe it, but very um, provocative and very, I mean, just hysterical and really funny. But so I was shocked that the, I rewatched his Reconciler review and I was shocked at not only some of the things that he says, which he does in, in most of his videos, but that the the creators of the movie reached out, which I was like, good for them. Good for them, totally. <laughs> good for them doing that. And so I was like, you know what? And then I was reminded again, because during that interview, one of them, uh, the director mentioned that he was here in uh, Vancouver. And so I was like, all right, well, this is kept coming up. So I'm like, let's let's pull the trigger and take a look at at what the internet is is at least referring to as the christian saw although i don't i don't know how how much that holds up but uh we can we can get into that so i guess first 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 thoughts on the reconciler well my first thought was how the hell did we not come across this movie yet like this is so up our alley <laughs> yeah yeah and i think he made another i haven't looked into it but it sounds like he made the director at least made at least one other one here in portland yes and it has the it's... most portland name ever oh dear okay let me guess um yes, guess oh hey it, it's in the thriller genre i think he said yes um 
Uh, uh, something that just ends with er like not the fighter but something like kind of in the same vein as the reconciler where no 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 it's the cider it's the blank of blank formula oh the boy i'm it is much too early in the morning for me to to try to outthink the director and writer of the reconciler no it's a murder of innocence oh <laughs> wow how forgettable <laughs> that's that's pretty great that is murder that is innocence. like one of the blaze of glory at <laughs> subheads or whatever yeah. that one series was the murder of innocence that's pretty good. So yeah, I guess oh. the I guess the oh so yeah the thoughts uh, thoughts on this movie. Um, I I I don't know where to start. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it it is a Christian saw movie. Um, and and like it it is what you expect. Honestly, Todd. So you sent us the link not only to watch the movie, but you sent us a link to the video of uh, the Nick guy. Uh, interviewing the director and writer yeah yeah and 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 honestly i don't know if that was a good thing to watch or not because it really took a lot of the wind out of my sails (laughs) in terms of wanting to just trash this movie because (laughs) it it humanized the experience Much like it's humanized whenever Mark surprises us with a guest. <laughs> like a writer or director or main star. So joining us right now is... Uh, <laughs> I, was ex- I was, yes, I was half expecting one of them to, to show up here, but... <laughs> And 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 in in all in all honesty, part of the reason I did send that was for the same reason that after I watched it, it humanized them. I'm like, I'm not going to be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it is. I mean, it is. It is funny. I think we we come across that a lot. Where once you do, I mean, part of the fun of watching movies and and especially this this show where most of the movies are not all that great is the car crash of it all and the, and but when you go slow enough past the car crash to like see the victims you're like oh maybe maybe it's not all all fun and games um but yeah i mean it really it really does. I mean, that interview too, and and um, we've spoken to to many filmmakers on this show that that kind of echo the same thing, and and we all know the same thing too, to some extent about how hard it is <laughs> to make a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so there were several things. There were so many unintentional, awkward because of like either really bad acting or really bad directing or whatever like the the father son like wrestling in the hallway kind of <laughs> kind of moment was like i i'm just like uh you're not allowed to touch him in his bathing suit area like, you know, <laughs> like like uh and and i think it was just like awkward moments because of the situation they definitely weren't intended to be honored and uh <clears throat> you know coming out of this evangelical community that i was a part of for so many years is specifically uh having a 
been to several services at that church with Pastor Dan, who is Bill Ritchie. Oh, uh, funny. The pastor of Crossroads Church, which I have a great story about uh, that guy. Uh, oh. If you, not, not a terrible story. It was just kind of uh, puts perspective on, on Bill Ritchie. Uh, Bill, Pastor Bill Ritchie, pastor, uh, pastor of Crossroads Church, which for many years was the biggest church in Vancouver, Washington, and one of the mega churches of Portland area. So was that your um, he church? Was in, it was not my church. We were at the vineyard. We were kind of the ugly stepchildren. <laughs> uh, we weren't related to them at all, but uh, Crossroads was very, what we would say in the community is legalistic. And so uh, Bill Ritchie, like from the pulpit was like, you're not allowed to drink and you're not, allowed, you know, if you're smoking, then you're doing, you know, like all the like vice sins were being thrust upon him. At the vineyard, we were the very opposite. <laughs> it was just like, drink up everyone. You know, Communion and, and was, was everyone gets a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so very, very different cultures. In So our, our sound engineer, Kevin, was working at a uh, play production, a, a stage production at Crossroads and was assisting them with their engineering. And they had a rap party at uh, Red Robin. And so it's all of the people from the Crossroads Church and one vineyard guy. <laughs> and, uh, and so everybody uh, is ordering their food, getting all the stuff. Kevin orders a beer and his friend says to him, oh, you, sh you shouldn't really... If it's it's probably okay with this one, but uh, you know, don't please don't have another one, right? <laughs> and so, so our friend Kevin, of course, the beer arrives and he stands up and does a toast to Bill Ritchie, and everybody <laughs> is the most awkward, the most like <laughs> like because nobody knows if they should drink because it's polite or not because it's <laughs> a rule. And it's uh it was like one of the greatest moments in local church history, specifically with this guy, Bill Ritchie. Wow. That is that is pretty great. So that must have been a uh, a surprise watching this movie and then just seeing that figure pop up, right, Mark? Yeah. Uh, um it, it's surprising a little bit because this is right in line with that whole uh addiction to mediocrity that a lot of mainstream churches get uh of like we have so much talent right here in our body let's let's make a movie we can do it just like everyone else and uh and it's terribly difficult and expensive to make a movie and so i'm sure they had money but they just didn't have the people that had experience to make polished movies and so it's like full of heart <laughs> and I know, I know where this is coming from, but it just falls so awkward. It's more than flat. It's like super cringe and uh, it, it just embarrassing. And 
but I know I know what the party for the viewing of that looked like in my mind's eye. I could just imagine that, oh, such a what you know in, inspired <laughs> like and I think he's the next Spielberg. I tell you. <laughs> So. Yes, well, and and to kind of to kind of go off of what Mark said, uh, as 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 I'm learning in graduate school, how you have to state your, uh, um, oh, what's the word uh, for thesis? Uh, no, like when you're, when, I I guess I never do it, so I don't know what it's called. But like <laughs> when you're really position not positionality, but like uh, your, um, <laughs> God, why can't I think of the sticking word? Not prejudices, but biases Bias? and like yeah, yeah all that yeah. sort of stuff and so i a bias is still the wrong word but um but also from uh the same kind of evangelical background that mark grew up i'm still in a church and still all of that um i'm not quite in the in the uh in the loop as far as a lot of this goes but what i did there were to, to get it out of the way first there were things i did appreciate about this movie being in this genre and the biggest thing was that they tried something like they legitimately came up with something that was kind of interesting now I don't know if it all worked and it all stuff like that but I mean I have been subjected um to a lot of Christian entertainment and it is usually not good at all bland forgettable all of that I would say there's some of that in this movie, but even just a premise alone at least is interesting. And to not in defense of this movie, but um, one of the things that came out during the the interview with uh, Nick Doremio is that the so the there is a director who is here uh, in Vancouver who um, who lives in Portland, and the writer who is also Ed in the movie. Um, is sounds like he's in the on the east coast somewhere or something like that um he the writer uh when this first all started coming out is like it's the christian saw because the the premise of this movie is that these two people wake up in a locked room that they don't know how to get there or they don't know how they got there and they have to get out i think it was just the internet that's been saying it's the christian saw because the writer director were adamant that they had not even like heard of saw before they wrote this yeah 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 so that's what i was getting at was that Mm -hmm. like it's become kind of a meme on youtube at least of like oh this was the christian saw because i mean to be fair the 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 overall plot is fairly similar of of people finding themselves in this room or whatever but the writer actually said that when he came up with the idea this came out in 2015 and it's just sort of popping off on the internet so um he said that his original idea which i love came from a what they call a bottle episode of a sitcom where oh, yeah. the the characters for some reason like in the Brady Bunch once they were like trapped in a meat locker and like something happens that all the characters are trapped in one space they usually do like a clip show because they all remember when this happened or whatever as they're passing time <laughs> uh, but this original idea he said came from a bottle episode of Perfect Strangers which is a show that <laughs> I love my whole family loved it. It was like the highlight of our week, TGIF, when when oh, Perfect yeah. Strangers would come on. And there was some episode where Larry and Balky or whatever get trapped somewhere and have to 
come together and overcome their differences or whatever. And then he said after he was explaining, the writer was explaining this idea or had written it. I, I, I'm not sure the timeline. Everyone else was, you know, that sounds a lot like the movie Saw. <laughs> and he's like, well, what's this Saw movie? And then like he went and saw it and he's like, oh. Yeah, okay, I can see why that's very, very, very similar. <laughs> so to their credit, it wasn't intentional. But then as he pointed out, the writer said, he's like, but all saw is, is Cube, which is the Canadian movie right. where everyone's trapped yeah. in this weird cube. And I'm like, well, okay, that's a fair point too, that everybody wakes up in this place where they don't know where they are. I saw a comment on Reddit. They were like, uh, did you know they made an atheist version of The Reconciler? <laughs> that's that's, that's pretty really great. funny um we, we would call it secular secular that's right <laughs> the secular version the secular world um so yeah the premise of this movie it begins uh with this um i think he's supposed to be older than than he looks but an older an older man and like a an older teenager wake up in this in this storage room looking looking place they are locked in and neither of them knows how they got there or what's going on and so they start trying to piece together things that that um of what's going on and soon it turns out that the older man is a journalist for the mariner of course the the popular vancouver newspaper the mariner I don't think that exists, but <laughs> no. I did I did enjoy that. Um that he is a journalist who has been following the story of what is uh of this criminal, I guess, because yes, he does kidnap people, uh called the reconciler. And the motive of the reconciler is to get two people who are uh whose relationship is fractured or or something is wrong with it and trap them in a room it's basically you remember that old meme where it was two um little boys like six or seven and they're both wearing one giant t-shirt and it just says like this is our get along shirt or whatever so clearly the kids weren't getting along so mom stuffed them both into the same shirt to get along that's basically this the movie where it's like the people are (laughs) people are trapped in in a scenario and and there's a couple different scenarios but this was our main one and they have to reconcile with someone in order to uh, be let go so that is the overall premise there's also the abstract version of our protagonist reporter being trapped in thoughts uh, about being reconciled with her god there you go yes and and one of the things that is is clear especially when you know about it and that came out um in their interview is that so this was written as a stage play which makes sense because it's all in one room um and the writer after after he he realized that it was so much like saw he was like well no one's gonna see this there's two performances at my church in like georgia like who who's ever gonna see this (laughs) yeah no one in my church has seen saw so (laughs) exactly he's like there is no overlap in that venn diagram at my church that like someone's gonna be like wait a minute this is saw and then so it ended up that the director, who I forget uh, how he has a relationship with the writer, um, 
it was kind of those things. He's like, well, uh, the director actually works in media here around Portland. It sounds like he does corporate videos and advertising and marketing and stuff like that. So he had a, a really nice red camera and like this equipment and was like, look, this is a fairly simple premise. I think this is something that we could probably pull off with little to no budget and, you know, with what equipment we have, because that's always a huge part of, of low budget filmmaking is knowing what you can and can't do. And they didn't try a whole lot here that I don't think that they were completely out of their depth as far as what they were trying to do for the script. Uh, but yeah, then it gets turned into a script Well, they realize that the portion uh, of the movie that was the play is only 40 minutes long. And so it's like, uh-oh, <laughs> a, a feature-length movie has to be 75 minutes long in order to be considered, you know, a, a full-length movie. So they had to come up with uh, a big B-plot, yeah, <laughs> which in this case is the story of the, the female journalist who is not trapped in anything. She works... I have a lot of questions about the, the magazine slash yeah. newspaper slash what in the world uh, <laughs> about so face magazine. About face magazine is where she works. And at the end, of, I noticed in the credits, they thanked about face magazine. Yes. So I looked it up to see if it was real. And I, I guess it was real. Um, it looks like it's default Whoa. now. Uh, but there was a magazine called about face magazine uh and it, it uh, oh shoot i just had the the website uh, i wonder if we could track down the issue where this article her, <laughs> her article appeared <laughs> beautiful wedding oh, no, no. uh okay okay so elegant uh, wedding <laughs> yeah this is the uh a blurb about the about face magazine it says portland oregon's motto is keep portland weird so in this magazine, we feature interviews of the people of Portland, artists, musicians, authors, chefs, entrepreneurs, designers, fashionistas, athletes, and just about and just everyday heroes. Also learn uh, about what makes Portland unique to most cities, awesome neighborhoods. Um, and then it looks like they have archived three issues. So I don't know how long this magazine went on for um, or, or when it stopped, but these three issues were published online uh, 11 and 12 years ago. And um, one of them wow. has Bina Forbes on the cover. Wow. And I we will note here that I, I don't think the Unipiper was ever was ever contacted from About <laughs> Face magazine and keeping Portland weird. Exactly. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also in this movie is the last appearance of uh, the last movie appearance of Roddy Piper, Rowdy Roddy Piper, which was also right. really interesting. So that's like the fact that just pushes this movie over the edge. Like it, <laughs> it's the Christian saw starring Roddy Piper <laughs> and it was his last movie. Like, <laughs> How did we not know about this movie that was filmed in Portland? And the answer, as far as I can tell, is that on IMDb, it does not list any filming locations. Um, so, oh. But there is also the fact that um, we should have seen some uh, Venn diagram uh, crossover between people who worked on this movie. But it just looks like that this was like its own standalone cast and they didn't really didn't work on any other films that have you know that we've touched on yeah so well because I, I think everyone else involved even some of the actors have at least done that one other movie the 
the uh, windows of, of oh <laughs> yes the murder of innocence um and so i think i think the creators have mostly done other faith-based things so it could be that that just has not shown up on our on our map at all so yes. far but yes uh what an, a note they said uh when when talking about uh working with rowdy roddy piper they they said they were kind of going through well we the sound person on this it was he was you know young and kind of new and did a uh, not a great mic placement on rowdy roddy piper and so it was just mumbles and like shuffling and and stuff like that and they were going to go back and and adr a lot of his dialogue which they said none of which was really in the script and trying to they insinuated that <laughs> trying to get him to say anything that they had written down was kind of a problem um but then he ended up he ended up uh passing away before they could they could uh go back and and re re-loop that dialogue so but he plays yeah he is the editor-in-chief i'm guessing of about face magazine uh who <laughs> A publication that has the loudest mechanical keyboards uh, in all of mankind. <laughs> it was so loud. I, it was so funny to me. <laughs> so About Face magazine, she, uh, this journalist who seems to be in a, a, a hungry, up-and-coming 55-year-old <laughs> journalist. <laughs> who's like doing the weddings, you know, she's writing little blurbs at weddings and you can tell that she's kind of dissatisfied and is hungrier for a bigger story. And Rowdy Roddy calls her, calls her over and starts just kind of like mumbling and, and ranting about how, and this is, I, I do have some wild problems with this, with this, with this movie and, and most of it being this, that scene. <laughs> that scene but the other and and i don't know really I, there's not a great word for it and it's just that you can tell in a lot of these in a lot of productions for evangelicals and stuff like that there's such a it's clear that no one has ever talked to anyone in the outside world and right and they still think like oh this is the argument that the outside is giving they just either they don't know about they don't know that we do soup kitchens or they don't know that you know and it's such uh, and mark maybe you can help me unpack what i'm trying to say because i know you what you're i you know so what i'm trying the, to say the the term is probably not uh uh acceptable to say anymore but our pastor used to call it the christian ghetto where uh there's this enclosed uh self feeding um group that has their own lingo and dialogue and intentions and purposes and uh and because you uh give that positive feedback to yourself in that little community you feel validated and and like oh yeah well that totally makes sense and you layer that with your own kind of self-talk and their self-talk. And pretty soon you have this whole thing that you're talking about, which is um, a, a pillar that doesn't relate to anything around it. You know, it's, it's just this thing that kind of sticks out of the, you know, it's a weird 
right and it and, it, and it, it is and it is really hard to describe and i think i think people do kind of know what we're talking about but i it, the it started coming up during roddy piper's thing and so roddy piper is just kind of going on and on about how things used to be better. I mean, it's, that's, that's a big part of it. like things used to be better before <laughs> they systematically removed God from everything. Right. And it's like, okay, well that, that's not a reality yet. That's the whole premise of all of this evangelical stuff is based on this false premise of like, this is. How would you say that that sh shifted the culture, you know, more or less in the last 60 years? Yeah. My favorite, my, yeah, go ahead, Brian. I was just going to say that one of the characters said something about like, well, I come from a place where belief in God is outlawed. And I was like, what? Yes, <laughs> their prayer, it's very much prayer is about to be banned. It's being systematically removed. Pretty soon we're all going to be arrested for this. And I'm like, it's just, it's so frustrating, especially as a Christian myself to there's just no connection with there's such a disengagement from the reality that they think they're speaking into and it just is it just drives me crazy not just because it makes bad art but because it's just <laughs> it's just bad it's intellectually dishonest i think and there's the disconnect is that they don't realize how intellectually dishonest it is and so everything is this well all of our founding fathers were the greatest christians in history and yeah this is we're now rebelling against god and slippery slope and it's just like all of these um logical fallacies that they don't realize and it's so frustrating because like, I think these are decent people and like, they want to do good. And they're not like, they're not, there's a difference between like the Joel Austin of it and the, these filmmakers of it, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. and, and I, it always bugs me that we're not better as, as a religious faith about that. But um, all that, all that being said, uh, that that is my my hugest problem with this movie, and I didn't think I, I will defend the direction in this movie. I didn't think the direction was bad. I thought there was some interesting things in, especially yeah. for being an enclosed space. Like it was, it didn't blow me away or anything. But like, even there was the very last scene where like people are walking down um, the hallway of like the storage facility they were stuck in, and it was like this neat shot of like shadows walking down. Like there was just some thought and some effort put into it. Totally, and I I <laughs> had no reason to be surprised by the twist ending, and I was. I I genuinely was. I, I was, was surprised both times. <laughs> Not. I don't know. I th that was not surprising to me. Like I called that shit like from the first minute. What right, I did, right. what I did call was like, oh, he's the reconciler. But I'd forgotten that he right. works on behalf yeah, of, of the, the reconciler. reconciler. Exactly. Um. Because yeah, the the first thing I wrote down was like, well, this is so much like Saw. Clearly, this guy is, you know, the older journalist guy trapped in the room is not a victim. He is he is the part of the part of the thing. Um. Let's see. So yeah, uh, Roddy Piper gives an assignment question mark to the the up and coming fifty five year old journalist to write a story about how 
the grain used to, of America. Uh, yeah, things <laughs> so, used to be different. The article basically. So yeah. what is it? What job is it that you want me to do? I just told you. Now get out there and do it. Go. I have it on my desk Monday. <laughs> yeah, by Monday. What? So she goes out and uh, yeah, she is investigating why quote unquote God is no longer important or why all of these all of these fake questions that which Christians is so think weird because they have not established that about face in this world is like a Christian <laughs> magazine it's they like... never the only reason we know it's about face is because in the back on the wall there's just big posters of a magazine that's called about face we are never told what it is we are never told it's a magazine or a newspaper we're never told anything about it do you think it was a thing where the director told the location scout or something it was like hey we're gonna film it about about faith magazine like, about <laughs> faith got it <laughs> and, and you know then they had their, their press conference at four seasons and and that was it. <laughs> it's everything is just one big goofy misunderstanding <laughs> So that is that is the that journal that second journalist uh, uh, writing her article for Roddy Piper about the graying of America. You know things are no longer back around. That's the big B plot, and that's the thing that was added literally in order just to stretch time. And you can totally tell that he wrote this in a day. That section of it, the director is like, I wish we had more than like a day and a half to write that part. So, Todd, is that something that they, they talk about in, in church, the grain? Let's talk about that premise, the grain of America. I did, like that, that was very confusing to me because they were talking about how things yeah. used to be black and white and now it's oh. gray. And I'm like, that's a good thing. We could use more nuance. You know, things are not inherently good. And <laughs> Brian, no. Right. Cut Brian off. Harrison. <laughs> Harrison. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, you're right, Brian. And this is. Um, the core, uh, like the core message of Crossroads Church <laughs> specifically is like, there is black and white and you cannot be in the gray. And <laughs> uh, like, you know, uh, our, the favorite band we listened to at the time was Out of the Gray. Uh, the, like, <laughs> I, I'm not joking. <laughs> like uh, uh, Christine and Scott Dente were the leaders of of uh, out of the gray uh, and like it it is a, a a fundamental message that well and all, and... All, all, all of this is is diluting the right and wrongness and whether or not you've you have I, I i don't think it's usually called the graying of america yeah. it's like if but brian you totally heard that i mean that was uh george w bush's you're either with with me or for against uh or you're against me and this it comes up again you're either for god or against god it's very and the graying isn't about new the graying is about oh it's not about turning getting old <laughs> it's not about getting old <laughs> no it's about yeah like mark said the dilution or like oh we let this one little thing in and pretty soon that's how sin gets in and that's why there's that such a barrier around evangelicals because any information that gets into them they feel is they're being turned or tricked by the world you know what i mean it's like that's how satan's going to get us is he's going to get us to think oh this isn't so bad and slippery slope now i'm eating babies or like whatever <laughs> the and it exactly. and that's and because there's no logical progression it's 
anything that gets in, we will eat babies. Like there's, and so to protect, and it says it in this film too, it's like, well, the thing, the journalist lady, uh, when she's talking, I think it's to the old, the old lady, the older lady who she interviews or someone, she goes, well, I, I just feel like the things that used to be wrong in this country now are no longer wrong or it's only right for someone. And that's a huge evangelical message is like, well, people saying that it's okay for some, but okay for others. And that's just to get away from the core, whatever. And it's just that only fundamental misunderstanding. Yeah, exactly. So like that black and white thinking is all over American evangelicalism, which also made it interesting because to get back to the the two people trapped in a room, we go back to them, they're trying to figure out there's a big giant trunk in, in this space oh. that they're in, they find a key, they open the trunk, there's a body in the trunk, they unwrap the body and it is the twin brother of the teenage kid that's that's um, trapped in this room. And those two brothers had had a falling out over one of the brothers, quote, uh, turning his back on God. But the brother's like, I didn't turn my back on God. I was just going to this. I apparently was going to Crossroads Church where, <laughs> where <laughs> like, unless you rigidly fall into this line, then you're wrong. And the guy was like, I kind of rejected that, but I did not reject God. And I thought, God, for, especially since this was meant to be a play and li listen, I've written plays for a Christian audience too. Most of them are just for little kids plays, but like, it's sort of, I mean, it's just like any other entertainment medium where you're writing basically for your benefactors. You know what I mean? Like you're writing the message that the people who gave you money want to hear. And if the church gives you money, then you're, you know what I mean? So you're kind of trapped in this thing where, but for this character to be, to point out, I didn't turn my back on God. I turned my back on this religious nonsense where if you're not doing it exactly like I told you, then that's bad. And I'm rejecting that. So I felt like for the church audience that was originally getting this message, that is like a radical, that is a radical thought for the old, the old guard Christian church. Well, doesn't that go against uh, <clears throat> the teaching of that, that pastor who was in the movie? Yeah. I mean, and so for this yep. movie to have any nuance at all, I thought was yeah. surprising and, and worthy of saying something. And I mean, that pastor part was added in later. So it wasn't part of that. So that's probably why there's a little dissonance there, why the pastor was like, everything is black and white. And the character is like, I reject this black and white thinking. Right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I did think that that well, at least they mentioned something because usually they don't even get that that far in these evangelical spaces to even question or push back against how how that black and white thinking can be can be um, bad. So they the twins uh, that are in the room uh, discover are discover that they're there and and they're trying to figure it out and that's when the older guy who's in, who's trapped with them is like well I think this just might be about the reconciler and you guys didn't hear it because we didn't play it but the opening clip is is that guy saying they call him the reconciler like it's the most <laughs> dramatic thing on earth and I was like I clapped <laughs> I clapped when they said the name. And so the, 
go ahead oh i mean the 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 first did you uh happen to read any of the youtube comments on on the movie no i didn't either the the first comment was fantastic it said um the uh uh my favorite part was when the reconciler comes in and reconciles all over the place (laughs) (laughs) the other thing i noted about this movie is that even going forward, I don't think I'll be able to spell reconciler the first <laughs> right no, the right first way. like the first six times. I'll be trying to put S's or extra L's or an O-R at the end. Boy, is that a seems like you had two L's in reconciler. Uh, how have you not made your joke yet? Reconciler. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had no soundboard either. Um, so this movie, uh, lest we forget, was filmed in Portland. Um, should should we talk about some of the uh, sites and uh, places that yeah. we saw? Yeah. Um, a lot of it takes place in the warehouse, um, so uh, nothing to see there. But no, uh, I think that was Portland storage, though, because they were they mentioned in the in the credits. Oh, okay, interesting um so the the, uh the the, one of the subplots is uh the father and son who um it's a flashback scene and they had been uh captured by the reconciler and dropped off uh in the woods and then they have to go on a hike um up a mountain to get the keys uh to remove the handcuffs that are are holding them together um but the the hike that they go on in uh, up that mountain that's uh beacon rock uh in the columbia river gorge and i thought i thought all that stuff looked looked pretty great it was neat to be out and about at least they said they had three days to shoot up there and like a day and a half of it was fogged in and they couldn't do anything so they had to like quick shoot everything else but that is one of these um as as we're learning more about the reconciler from the guy trapped in the thing who is the journalist following the story of the reconciler we get three two or three flashbacks to stories of of other times the reconciler has has done things and one of those is a father and son who are hiking who have a another fractured relationship because the dad is just this ultimate soldier for the army and is always away and the the teenage son is like why can't you just be my dad and not a super soldier or whatever and this guy i meant to look him up because i wondered if he also had ties to wrestling like uh rowdy roddy piper did because this guy is and his name is like jack extreme or like it's something like that so i'm like that sounds like or like xander firefly or some some like crazy name but this guy is so jacked and so (laughs) strong i have like i'm used to seeing like the rock who is just like another alien creature that is somehow a human body but somehow like just impossibly strong but i have never seen it where like this guy's upper body is so giant that his biceps like spilled down into his like forearms. It was like just one law. And I'd like never seen that kind of muscle before. <laughs> Someone's forearm. It was just so fat. And then he's just got like this normal skinny, like teenage son. And I was like, well, something doesn't match there, but whatever. But yeah, that guy is, is jacked. He's so buff. <laughs> And then we uh, also, yeah, did, did we did we find out more about that actor? No, well, well um, so Mark made the funny joke about uh, the father and and son uh, wrestling awkwardly, <laughs> um, but that they were they were real father and son. 
Oh no! <laughs> no. Yeah. I, you, I refuse. <laughs> There's it, no way. Yes. Yes. Oh, Xander Steele. Was that his name? Is like a son is Jordan Steele or something like that? There was a couple people with with the name like that. That does not seem no like a real statement. They said that in the uh, interview. Uh, maybe. Wow. Because I do know in the original stage play, it wasn't twins that were uh, trapped in the in the room right. with the journalist. It was a mother and daughter. Yes. Um, but then it was easier. The director knew or the writer knew these people or something like that. They just kind of changed the script around. Wow. Because that scene, yeah, Mark pointed it out when it's at the end and like the dad and son, their their relationship is back, you know, yeah. healthy again. And they're like, I'm so glad neither of you roughhouse because I probably would just have to not be friends with you anymore because <laughs> like that's the worst. But they roughhouse so violently that like instead of just bumping shoulders, like they're like no, I've... throwing each other into walls and like it's it's well, so I've seen extreme. that movie before. <laughs> <laughs> also starring Xander Steele. um yeah so there is uh crossroads church is also mentioned summit summit view church is mentioned washington state parks uh portland storage for that that part at the end where they're discovered uh those are all but yeah most of this does much like bottle episodes take place in in one location there's another flashback of two police officers who are trapped in their in their vehicle and they have to figure out you know what and so the whole point of this reconciler is that he forces people to overcome those things and once again heal their relationships and and become whole again and like i guess uh, all full disclosure oh that's the word i was looking for disclosure um if i were ever to become a supervillain I would probably become the reconciler, <laughs> like <laughs> just going, make, making people heal their relationships and the apologizer. <laughs> but it is funny that like the reconciler in order to heal his relationship, he's like full on just kidnapping people against their will and, <laughs> and keeping them. And the fear. people seem to kind of be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like there's, there's not a lot of fear going on. It's mostly annoyance because they can't like yeah. get out of wherever they are right. or whatever. So the I, I I don't know how much they decided to change after they made the saw connection, but like what seals the deal is is when the people are kidnapped by the uh, reconciler and then they find uh, a tape recorder with a voice and like they just full on saw rip off with the the sound of the voice. I did appreciate um, the the movie opens with the reconciler writing messages to his his victims and like doing pouring wax out and doing the, one of the cool wax seals and so that that's one of the trademarks of the reconcilers that he always sends a note that has a you know a wax seal or whatever and then there's that part with the two cops where they have to play something off an audio recorder like a little tiny uh, audio recorder and there's a wax seal on that oh, little tiny talk. recorder, I was like, "Well, it's... good, good for the set deck guy. Like, that's a nice, <laughs> a nice little touch. That like it wasn't shown in a close up or anything. It was just like there's a little wax seal on it to tie it back to the, 
to the reconciler. So I thought that was really funny. Um, what else? So there's the, there's the cops, there's the soldier and the son, there's the up and coming 55 year old journalist, and there's the um, twins trapped in the room with the with the guy. And so there's a lot of moving parts to this. Um, and it's basically the flashbacks to the cops in the car and the soldier and son storyline as told to the twins by the other guy that's trapped with them. Um, this movie did get woke for a second because they're trying to figure out the reconciler and one of the twins is like, why would he do this? And the other one's like, hey, we don't know if it's a he or she. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a he. It was a he, yes. <laughs> Spoiler alerts. Um, they did have, uh, and I forget who it was for, but uh, halfway through, so Roddy, Roddy Roddy Piper goes away almost immediately. He has a scene at the beginning to send the journalist lady off on her story about black the graying of America, and then he disappears from the movie. But then to kind of replace him is this uh, detective, an older detective that's been looking for the reconciler. And he gets, he's at the police station and he gets a call and he he picks up the phone. He goes, hello? I, I'm sorry, you can't report anyone missing for 24 hours. <laughs> Three days. So like he answers the phone and he must for everyone reporting a, a missing person <laughs> first yell at them for saying you have to wait because then he's like, oh, wait three days so he clearly didn't even let the other person talk but yeah another one of those you have to wait 24 hours which you do not so if there's a person in your life that is missing please contact the authorities before 24 hours <laughs> um and then probably the thing i hated the most about this movie as the journalist woman she talks to the pastor at cross point she talks to oh we see union gospel mission that's something we see oh yeah 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 um that's... so she talks to one of the people at the soup kitchen and it's another one of those things where this 55 year old woman who grew up in america being like wait a minute there are people of faith that serve soup in soup kitchens this is radically altering the way i see religion and it's like but that, yeah, so they have a little interaction there. But I appreciate it, especially um, if anyone else follows the Nick Duramio channel. One of the things he does when he reviews movies that drives him crazy is when there's a shot where someone is drinking something out of a can or a cup or a mug and clearly there is nothing in the cup because people are just like <laughs> waving it around. And it's so obvious. And I see, I see it in every movie too. I'm like, there's nothing in that cup. And all it would take is for someone to put a little water in that cup so that just there's the movement and the feel look real or whatever. And this movie, when that guy was at uh, at Union Gospel Mission, he's like stirring this thing of soup, but then he like takes the ladle out and there was liquid in it. And I was like, good for them. <laughs> they didn't try to do that thing where we're miming that there's liquid in here, which I appreciated. Um, but he... Then the journalist lady goes to this family with this like seven-year-old girl. And we get this story about how the girl died, went to heaven and saw Jesus. And then like <laughs> Jesus 
turned her away to come back to earth just specifically to talk to the journalist lady. It was like one of those, one of those things. And I was like that. No, I can't take it. (laughs) I give up. That was, yeah, that as, as far as those, those subplots about who the lady was interviewing, that one was the one that I thought I could have really done without the, the, uh, the little girl that went to heaven only to be turned away by Jesus to talk to the reporter. It's like, well, Jesus could have just talked to the reporter herself. Like it didn't need to give you, <laughs> Jesus didn't need to give you cancer in order for this interaction <laughs> to happen. Like let's. There's more efficient ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there was a scene where a lady was reading something and she licks her finger. Like people sometimes do to like turn the page, but she's reading like, a flyer with like a front and a back there are no pages to turn did anyone pick up on that no oh that that really just yeah and then yeah exactly that's really funny Uh, the hawthorne bridge is also in this um which i thought really looked nice it was kind of like from the bottom there's a there's a woman the detective one of the detectives who's trapped in the car uh with her partner we see her at the base of the Hawthorne Bridge using binoculars to stare at the river with binoculars, but I thought the bridge looked kind of nice. Was that the Hawthorne Bridge or was that the I-5 Bridge? I thought it was the Hawthorne Bridge. I, I could be wrong. I For some reason, I thought it was the I-5 Bridge. Anyway, one of the bridges, but I thought... One of the bridges. I, I did think that was funny because she's a detective, but she's just like standing... Like looking over the river, I'm like, what is she looking at? Like, is she doing undercover work? Is she just enjoying enjoying bird watching. out? Bird watching? <laughs> Audubon Society. <laughs> um uh no one's brought up the song yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, both times there's yeah, and again you can tell there was a little bit of of padding out of this movie for time because we get a full montage with a full praise song in it that lasts a good five minutes oh xander Steele, nice to meet you his uh personal website's dead but his uh he's got a Link- linkedin profile linkedin nice xander Steele, yeah tough so guy Zander, leading tough man guy, villain. tough guy villain yeah he is unbelievably <laughs> Just jacked. just jacked out of his mind um yeah but go yeah, ahead yeah. Brian, that That's, song no i was just, it, that song literally felt like a parody of itself like it, it felt like something that uh uh matt stone and trey parker would have written for south park <laughs> or, or something it was a reject from the book of mormon yeah and that's i mean that is just such the lamentable thing and at, at some point I should like do just a, on my own, a, a deep dive research topic about why, like, where was the turn where religious art <laughs> was like, la- I mean, it used to be the epitome of human artistic achievement. I mean, we have the Sistine right. Chapel, we have right. books, we have story, we have all of this. And I don't, I don't know when when that I, started happening i have a book about that and it's called addicted to mediocrity <laughs> which oh, was the I reference i made earlier yes i'm going to write that down and that book goes like that. into uh great lengths to discuss that 
That is great. And I can't find anything. I can't find a single piece of paper to write that down. You're just going to listen to this podcast to remind yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's such a bummer. And that song, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, a praise and worship, which is a, what they would call that genre, praise and worship. I'm not a big fan of it just because I, I, and I, I'm not a music fan in general, so like take that take take this criticism, what it's worth. But that movie that that type of music really does make me feel like it's smoothing out my brain in a way that I don't like. It's like, and and I think that's what a lot of this art is. It's not art historically. I think should provoke thought and conversation and things that you wrestle with. And and a lot of this type of entertainment, probably because the audience demands it, has to be this kind of pablum you know room temperature water experience that i it should be rising above but yeah that song is a is is a good example i didn't see no no shade on that song i'm sure it's better than i could write but it is just that general feeling of like i i just need something something that's tactile and interesting and human and real it about just, this experience in in the context of the film it just sticks out like a sore thumb it kind of just takes you out of everything because you're just laughing at how bad it is well and it's just so clearly done to pad time which you know they they've admitted to trying to try, try to stretch this out um but this um, Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to say, speaking of room temperature water, uh, I, I loved how um, Xander Steele was trying to give uh, his unconscious oh. son uh, <laughs> oh. water. <laughs> Here's a quarter teaspoon of water. I just, I just carried you up the mountain. I, <laughs> I was just going to say, Here's this movie a has quarter teaspoon of water, and now that <laughs> is what. And he's trying to come to life. He's trying to put water into his unconscious son's <laughs> mouth. Like he's going to drown on it. 100%. This movie has the second best someone being carried up the side of a mountain segment <laughs> of second all of our Portland Fatal Revenge. Movies. Yes, where the lady gets hauled up the side of Mount Hood being held by, by her pants. <laughs> pants. But yeah, that that story, the soldier and his son, that storyline is they find themselves on the side of the um of uh wherever Brian said that they were, but in the gorge, and they are yeah they are handcuffed together because their relationship and the key is in a duffel bag at the top of the mountain, and you do see this that unbelievably jacked guy pick up a teenager and they show him doing like three zigzags up one of those things they had to that poor guy had to carry that other guy up the side of that mountain and yeah they get to the top and even though the kid is, is out of it that that teaspoon of water is enough to take him out of of his stupor and back into reality yeah so they were sitting there talking everything's great we're we're handcuffed together boy why don't you want to spend time with me well, dad, why don't you get spend time, you know, all that stuff. And then uh, they're like, okay, well, that's that's all fine. And then he falls off the cliff. Oh, and so the right, boy right, right. falls off and he's, oh, hold the chain. And the chain is the only thing that's, you know, and I thought I lost you. And then he pulls him back up to the side and is, and then he inexplicably just, passes out like there's no reason for it at all he just 
and exhaustion and what emotional needed, turmoil. What he needed was a teaspoon of water after being <laughs> carried up the mountain. <laughs> the only thing missing was a <laughs> teaspoon of water. <laughs> Uh, Todd, it looks like they did all the work for you on the uh, poster. Uh, you check out the poster. Oh, I have it. Let me go look that up here. Oh, it's pretty great. See if I can spell the reconciler correctly. The reconciler the poster. Oh, yes. I did notice that last time. I'm like, oh, it's already got a unip <laughs> a unipiper cut out <laughs> for my unipiper silhouette.jpg that I which put is, into. Which is hilarious because uh, it's clearly supposed to be like a reconciler figure, but he doesn't look anything like that in the movie. Like oh, that's true. Wearing a trench coat and a fedora. <laughs> and a fedora. I did like how they they turn him into the letter. That is a very Todd thing to do, to turn the eye. Uh-huh. <laughs> I into it as well. Oh, that's so funny. I do like there's another one that has just the big R wax seal, which I think is kind of, I thought was kind of cool. Um, so, so do you guys have anything else to add uh, before we wrap this up? And and I get on with the the my my most fun re revelation uh, in my research on this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. A couple more things just kind of wrap up the movie. So, um, the twin the twins uh, resolve their differences and the one admits that like i'm sorry i stopped talking i mean basically the family basically excommunicated the one kid because the one kid was like i think church is too rigid or whatever and so they get over that then we see kaiser soze style the older man that's stuck with the twins who has been walking around with a cane and a limp sets the cane down and starts walking away. And they're like, wait a minute. Are you the reconciler? And he's like, I'm the reconciler this whole time. <laughs> and he disappears. He, he just, he says, no, he's, uh, he's not the reconciler. Oh, that's, oh, sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he works. He works for the reconciler. Because the reconciler. Because Mark, who is the real reconciler? Our Lord Jesus is the reconciler. That's right. And so it turns out that he, so he disappears, and then we see a the flashback to the cops that are stuck in the car, and <laughs> we see this great shot of the that guy who is a magician in real life doing oh, like that's the. Right. <laughs> doing the i raise the locks of the door on the car to let you out and then we see the flashback to the soldier and his son falling off the side of the mountain and he's behind the buffest man in the world helping him take uh get his son off the side of the mountain so if jesus is the reconciler in this film then it must have god the old testament god must have been the reconciler in saw <laughs> saw is a very good allegory for what for for the old testament god <laughs> and so specifically the the guy who worked on behalf like he made every reference saying that he was an angel yeah he said i am a messenger i am a deliverer. i work for the real reconciler yeah, yeah. like all of that stuff so yeah, we get the we get a it's a wonderful life twist basically at the end yeah. where Clarence disappears and George ends up in the river again. So everything everything is great, and then we finally see 
the the 55 year old journalist woman who has apparently written her story whatever she's been very touched by all them i did want to give a shout out to the there's an older woman that the that gets interviewed and i thought that older woman did a really fine job of her act not only her acting but you can tell because like in each scene they do that thing where they're kind of walking in the frame and in movies sometimes there's like just general chit chat just to kind of improv until you get to the point where you save your line and that old lady was doing such a good job she was like oh and here in my garden I have these fish and I'm just gonna look over here in the fish and oh isn't such a nice day and she was just having the greatest time so shout out to her I thought she was great but the journalist lady is really touched uh, about all the stories about God that she heard and she gets home and and opens her Bible and is going to start reading her Bible and we hear some noise from down the hall and it turns out that she is the wife of the soldier guy and the mom of the teenage kid, the guys who were stuck up on the side of the mountain. So that's kind of where those two stories intersect is at that point. Don't care. So even though that they were technically kidnapped by an unknown entity that to them that is a national covered story of a serial killer in the Pacific Northwest, (laughs) they had nothing to tell her about any of that. Well, and what I realized is that since the cops in the car and the guys on the side of the hill, those were both flashbacks to like previous things. And so... I guess because it did kind of seem like that was at the end of the same day, the dad and kid, yeah. probably because they were dressed exactly the same coming down from the mountain. But I think we are meant to believe that those two were set in the past because those were uh, victims of the reconciler that they had known about. So, yeah, the cop, the the detective cop gets a gets a tip and finds the two twins and everything. Everything is wrapped up. Uh, at the end the reconciler all right you ready for the twist ending Uh, we are ready blow our minds okay uh so this is where you drop in a quote from yoda saying no there is another uh there is another christian saw parody (laughs) okay it is called Mm -hmm. the life zone and it they uh abduct three pregnant women who are going to have abortions and then they're going to hold them in this room until they have their babies oh my gosh i'm looking at it's called life zone is that what you the, just said I think it's called the life zone have you seen with Robert with robert loja yes. what that poster is like legit disturbing uh you got to watch the trailer it's uh it's I don't know how much more I could on this the day of the of our Lord Sunday. I don't know how much more of this I could take. Um, That's wild! Wow, that is wild. <laughs> well, any any other last thoughts on the reconciler? Mm, uh, we have a nation that was built. One of the lines was, "This nation was built on prayer." And I was like, oh, and slavery? Or are we just, I guess, whatever. No, it was, it was mostly the prayer. Um, but yeah, a lot of that founding fathers BS that I think, I mean, this was back back in two, 2015. That wasn't that long ago. But I think 
even since then, I think we've um, kind of steered away from some of that that stuff. But anyway. Yeah, okay. I, I have I have no I have no more notes. And now I just need to hunt down about face magazine. Exactly. <laughs> All cool. right. Well, the Unipiper, is there anything coming up that you'd like to let people know about? Yeah, if you want some uh, new Unipiper content, just uh, search Unipiper prom tank and uh, watch a video of Unipiper leading a World War II Stuart tank to the Portland Art Museum, uh, which happened last night. Yes, and that looked, I mean, just hearing the words Unipiper prom tank is one of those things like even even two weeks ago would have made no sense to <laughs> even you. <laughs> but here we are, how times have changed. Um, Mark, anything going on with you that you'd like to let the people know about? Uh, occasionally you and I get together and, and uh, do the Mark and Todd cast. And we haven't recently as... Uh, uh, You've been busy and I've been sick. And so we uh, should be coming back together uh, in a week or so. So yes, if I ever test negative for COVID, yeah. <laughs> then, then we will be coming right back to doing the show. Well, thank you guys for joining us and thank you guys for listening. Um, we will play you out with um, No Doubt is another praise song at the end of this uh, movie <laughs> over the credits. So thank you for listening. We will talk to you later. Awesome. Every single thing that